Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And good morning, everyone. Welcome inside Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan on a beautiful first day of spring. It's March 20th. The sun is shining. The birds are chirping. It would have been Fred Rogers' 93rd birthday. And certainly rest in peace, Mr. Rogers. Shares the same birthday as my oldest daughter, Chelsea, so happy birthday, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea, to you. And we want to remind you that we're here talking sports at 412-928-9370. You can follow us on Twitter at 937thefan, driven by Jim Shorky Kia, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Shop all three locations at shorkykia.com. Text us on the Edgar Snyder & Associates fan text line at 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder & Associates. Reminds you to text responsibly. If you call us, you'll be on the fan hotline, which is being manned by the affable Matthew Harkins today. Matty Ice is there. He'll hit you up first. They'll put you on with me. The fan hotline is brought to you by the Workers' Compensation Law Firm of Hall and Capitas. And a thank you to our sponsors who make this show possible, PNC Bank. Make today today. Check out their virtual wallet. It's a great app to have so that you can make your finances very, very simple it is a must-have. Ireland Contracting. Visit IrelandContracting.com. They are the title sponsor of the nightly sports call on Pittsburgh CW. And number one, Cochrane. We're always riding in style with number one, Cochrane, go one better. Like I said, our show is open to you. For two hours, I want to hear from you at 412-928-9370. Did you like or did you not like Juju Smith-Schuster? Nobody really saw this coming, especially when you consider that Juju Smith-Schuster all the way through, had been tweeting out and putting on social media that he has pretty much said goodbye to his teammates, that he had informed them he was moving on. What it appears to have happened is that he miscalculated his value, at least compared to some of the other wide receivers out there, for whatever reason. There were a lot of nice deals given by teams to wide receivers. He didn't get one of them. So the Steelers, sitting there, watching this happening, and when the market changed and when he miscalculated apparently this market, the Steelers said, yeah, we'll take you back. It's a good move by the Steelers. I don't think there's any question. It's one year, $8 million, but it was a $7 million signing bonus, which means the cap hit on him is very low, and they don't have a lot of money under the cap hit. But if you could bring a guy like him back, and listen, he's a very good receiver. I don't think there's any question about that. He's not a number one receiver, which is why he didn't get the kind of deal that he was maybe looking for, even though, interestingly, he got better offers reportedly. Taylor Biscotti of the NFL Network reports Kansas City offered more money, so did Baltimore with incentives, and yet it was Juju Smith-Schuster choosing Pittsburgh. And it could be a good move for him, too, because down the road, the money's going to go up. You saw the $110 billion 
mega financial TV deal that the NFL has signed on to with all those partners, including Amazon Prime now, crazy as this sounds. But they got a ton of money. And he knows down the road, if he has a good year, he'll get a ton of money. He will eventually, but he's got to put it up. He's only 24. And returning here to Ben Roethlisberger, who really has his trust, vice versa, it's a good relationship there, the receiving core is, a, is certainly a, an asset to them. But you have to ask yourself this question also. I mean, how much does Juju Smith-Schuster get better returning to this team when you have Deontay Johnson, I think, ready to emerge as their number one guy? Chase Claypool has really caught the eye of just about everyone after a remarkable rookie season, which he was a touchdown maker. And James Washington. You have four really good receivers there, and that's good for an offense that needs to be able to move the ball and score points. But that same offense also needs plenty of help with offensive linemen, with a run game specifically. They still need offensive linemen, tackles, centers. They still need a running back. Can you solve all of this in the first round of the draft or in the draft in general? You know, they have a pretty good amount of draft picks, which is good. Compensation pick, you have one of them in there. Their first-round pick coming up uh, at the end of April will be number 24 overall. They also have a second-round pick. I believe it's 55. So that's two of the first 55 picks. you got a third-round pick. You have two fourth-rounds. One of them is a compensatory pick. It's the only one they got. And then a sixth-round and two seventh-round picks. Now, it's one thing to bring Juju Smith-Schuster back at a price that's a good price for the franchise. But it's another thing to watch them say that Steven Nelson is going to be out of their plans, either by trade or release. He demanded a trade. And I don't know if that means that, uh, you know, that they went and tried to offer him a new deal and he turned it down, whatever the case may be, or not. But he's younger than Joe Hayden. Apparently this was a choice between Joe Hayden and Steven Nelson, and they chose Hayden, which is surprising. He has one year left. He's been a really good player, don't get me wrong. But if you had to make a choice between those two as a corner, and given what I saw from Steven Nelson two years ago when he first came to Pittsburgh, I mean, he was, he was tremendous. Did not allow a touchdown. Now, his interception totals are not big, and typically teams that have guys who have big interception totals are the guys who get the attention. But he was solid. So you lose him now. And, and when you look at their defense, what I thought was the strength of their team, I mean, Honestly, analyzing it, you lose Bud Debris. You knew that was going to happen. Although I thought, given, and they knew this television contract, all these teams know down the road this cap is going to go up. No one expected it to go down this year. Because of this pandemic, it did. Threw everybody a curveball. And the Steelers, like a lot of teams that are right up against the cap, have problems with that. And now they have to tap dance a little bit. But Bud Dupree is gone. They have to release Vince Williams because of salary issues. Mike Hilton was not going to be retained. Too expensive, although they did bring back Cam Sutton. Uh, Steven Nelson going to be gone. Tyson Alualu going to be gone. So how do you fix that while you continue to try to fix the offensive woes? You can do it eventually. It's just that in one year's time, I don't know. I think in this draft, as I mentioned with those picks, I think you're going to see them go heavy offense and try to figure out bargains that come along on defense. They also must believe that Cam Sutton is a guy who can step right in, either that or Justin Lane, who's a third-round pick. Uh, and listen, they know how guys have done in practice. We haven't seen a lot of Justin Lane. You know what I mean? 
Is he capable of stepping in and talking? Eventually, you have to believe that some of these guys, three years into a system, can blossom. You would hope that. Uh, I think the Steelers over the years have been good at waiting on guys to develop. I mean, the, the, the evidence is everywhere, especially on the offensive line. Brought in Villanueva, who was a defensive player for Philadelphia, turned him into an offensive lineman, and turned him into a Pro Bowl player. They did the same with Ramon Foster, undrafted. They did the same with B.J. Finney. They did the same with Matt Filer. They can do that, and you can see guys ready to play by year three. So Justin Lane has got to be one of those. So, you know, we'll see. I mean, I was just surprised uh, because I thought for sure the way Juju Smith-Schuster was, was doing it with uh, showing avatars with him with a Miami Dolphins uniform, talking about telling his teammates he wasn't going to be back, it seemed like it was impossible uh, for that to happen, and it happened, mostly because, in my opinion, he miscalculated maybe his own free agent market or at least the money that teams are willing to spend right now. He comes back and have a big year all of a sudden at age 25, He'll get the kind of contracts he's looking for, but he's got to have a big year. And it's got to be number one clear-cut kind of year. But again, I don't know how that happens with Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool stepping up and becoming better fits. The Steelers still need help at tight end. There's no question about that. They need more depth. They need more people who can make plays. Eric Ebron is okay, but he's also uh, you know, a guy capable of dropping passes. He's not that great in the blocking game. Uh, ben likes him. That's fine. They need more people. You can't necessarily trust Zach Gentry, although, as I mentioned, he's been around now, and it's about time somebody steps up. If Justin Lane will be counted to step up, can you expect the same from a guy like Zach Gentry? I don't know. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. I'd like to hear from you on that situation. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit about the Penguins today as they uh, get ready to take on the Devils. That's coming up today at 1 o'clock. It's a big game. I label it must win. Do you think I'm nuts? Don't answer that, I guess. But Because it's game 31 out of 56, but because there's 56 and because these are teams you're supposed to beat, you can't lag behind. The Penguins have had historically troubles against the Devils. And they struggled the other night without Malkin, without Bluger, another Bad start, and they've fallen behind a large percentage of games this year. That's just not a good habit to get into. And they never came back to win the game. It was 3-2 to two final. They never had the lead. Power play for New Jersey scored 24 seconds after the first and only penalty called against the Penguins. And their power play without Bluger is going to get uh, problematic probably. They need to uh, find people who can make that succeed. Uh, and this is the Devils team that has some talent, but... They had just lost 11 straight home games. The Penguins can't afford to throw points away. Two points, no matter how you get it, is essential today and tomorrow, in my opinion. Now, if they don't do that, you can make up ground. they got the Sabres this coming week. I get that. But these are, these are the feast points that are out there that every other team is taking advantage of. And the Penguins need to do the same. They need to take advantage. So today, Tristan Jari returns in goal. He played the other night. I believe it's going to be Mc- uh, I'm not sure of this with uh, New Jersey Mackenzie Blackwood. He did not play the other night. He was he was supposed to. He was on the ice, and then all of a sudden it was Scott Wedgwood, and uh, he was outstanding. Even though the Penguins got a lot of perimeter shots, they still had shots. And the top line has got to really carry. they got to shoulder, shoulder the load here. They do. Uh, they got the only two goals the other night, so I guess I can't complain about it. But I, I need to see more re- production from the top line just because – all the other lines are sort of compromised with the injuries we've seen. 
412-928-9370 is the number to call. Also, we got a lot on the NCAA tournament. How's your bracket going? Uh, a lot of upsets right off the bat. West Virginia wasn't one of them. Bob Huggins, 900th career win. He'll move on to take on Syracuse. Uh, Miles McBride was great for West Virginia last night. Buddy Beheim was equally great for Syracuse. Seven three-pointers with Jerry McNamara as a uh, assistant coach on that team, and he was one of those guys who can hit from downtown. Buddy Beheim was outstanding last night. That will be interesting, but i got to say to San Diego State, my God, you got to attack the zone better than what they did. They just fell into this whole trance. That, oh, yeah, we got to shoot only threes. Throwing a brick after brick after brick after brick after brick. And that's how you fall behind. I don't think they scored in the last 10 or 12 minutes of the first half. Uh, so, you know, Syracuse will do a better job. They have an inside game with Derek Culver. We'll see what can happen. But that, that zone could really throw a wrench at you if you're not used to seeing it. And clearly San Diego State was not used to seeing it. 412-928-9370 is the number to call. also want to get your thoughts on the Pirates. Not so much this year because I think we know what we're dealing with this year. This is going to be one of those years you can't see them getting better. Even though Derek Shelton said he expects them to because of a year of experience, well, the guys he relied on are all gone. He traded all of them, Those the Pirates did. Uh, David Bednar has been the story down there, apparently. Joe Block tweeted this out yesterday. So far, a total seven innings, 13 strikeouts. No runs allowed for David Bednar, who's a local product. He should be in the bullpen. But the bigger issue will be what the Pirates do with their number one pick. Because they have it. Number one overall pick last night. Kumar Rocker, Vanderbilt, was rocking again. Eight innings, 14 strikeouts in that game. In fact, if you look at it, his teammate, Jack Leiter, who's another guy expected to be right behind him in the draft or right ahead of him. Uh, who do you think the Pirates will pick or should pick? They both look ready to play in the majors, which could be a problem with the Pirates because I don't think they're going to want anyone up here right now. They're going to try to make them wait. But in the last two outings for Rocker, 16 innings, five hits, 20 three strikeouts. He has struck out 54% of the batters that he has faced so far this season. That's pretty amazing. That will be something to watch as time goes on. In the meantime, I want to talk to you, so call. You can also tweet me at KD Pomp. It's 412-928-9370. That's the number to call. We're just getting started here. It's the Bob Pompiani Show on a beautiful start to spring on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. All right, welcome back, everyone. Matt Harkins taking your calls. Call him, and he'll put you on with me. 412-928-9370. So we're talking a lot about what's going on with the Steelers and a very difficult time with the salary cap being what it is. They have to figure out how to move money forward and probably cut people, and they've already done that with guys like Vince Williams, and they're about to do that with Steven Nelson. How do you feel about that? At 412-928-9370. Uh, this is a curveball that a lot of teams, and I counted as many as 12 teams, have cap issues just because of the way the cap went backwards, given the pandemic, which nobody saw coming at the beginning of last year. And so here they are now, stuck in this situation. Give Juju and give Ben Roethlisberger credit for um, you know taking less money. They, they really did what they said they were going to do. And I think if you're the Steelers, having Juju Smith-Schuster back on a one-year $8 million deal is, is an easy decision to make. They were not going to go longer term with him. Not now, not the conditions that are available to them in this cap situation. But for one year, $8 million, $7 million of which is a, is a bonus, voidable years. It costs them just about $2 million on this cap for this year. That's, that's easy. That's a decision they can make. But 
if it came at the expense of Stephen Nelson, then that's a decision that a lot of people may have problems with. Because Stephen Nelson, like I said, even though at the end of last year wasn't the same player he was the year before, he still is young enough where you would expect what you saw in 2019, a very stingy cornerback, you know, somebody uh, who can stop big play uh, receivers. But now he's gone. Uh, he hasn't left officially, but he will because they're going to trade him. And, and then the question is, what do you get for him in a trade? I can't see more than a sixth-round pick, can you? We'll find out. It's either that or release. They save the money, and they move forward. This is why depth in the NFL with all teams is so important because you've got to have guys develop. And if you have you know, Cam Sutton ready to take over there, that's fine. But you need more depth. Justin Lane has got to show that he could do it. Um, and anyone else they have on that defensive back list, they're going to have to – and they're going to eventually, before you get to the point where you criticize everything they're doing, consider this. I mean, the, the free agent period goes on. There are going to be some guys who lose their jobs, pretty good players. They could probably get here on one-year deals. Same thing, low cap hit, one-year, prove-it kind of contracts. And they could fill some of these voids. But it's going to be hard for me to imagine that they can take care of everything they need on offense in one draft because they need a lot on offense. James Conner is still not signed by anyone. There are a lot of guys out there still waiting to see what happens. But at the same time, I believe if you look at their offensive line, and it needs help, the way it is right now with Okora 4, Dotson, and this is the thing about draft picks. If, if guys, and this is the difference over the years, there used to be, even if you were a number one pick, you had to wait your time. You had to kind of acclimate yourself to the NFL. No one expected you to step right in and make an immediate, unless you were an elite player. Now, everyone who's drafted is expected to step in. Kevin Dotson did that. He was outstanding at the guard position last year. Quite frankly, I think the Steelers made a mistake by putting Filer there. They should have kept him at right tackle. He ends up leaving go to the Chargers. So I think that's another issue. But they, at this point, it's B.J. Finney at center. Then you have DeCastro, who needs to be much better than he was last year, and Banner, who just signed. So that's your starting offensive line. But there's very little depth behind it. They need to get more depth, and they need to draft, if not a starting center, and they can do that in this draft, a starting left tackle, and just create competition there. They need it. They also need a running back. Uh, there are plenty available, and I see opportunities there as low as third-round picks. So we'll see what they do. It should be a fascinating draft, but they have a lot of needs. And the problem is, by losing Dupree and Williams and Hilton and Nelson and Tyson Alualu, uh, their defense suddenly needs help. But they can't afford to do it over the offense, which needs even more help. And this is the situation they find themselves in. Juju Smith-Schuster, are you surprised he took a deal here after bigger offers in Kansas City and Baltimore. And again, I think he and his agent miscalculated his value. And that became an opportunity for the Steelers, probably one they didn't see happening. And again, for $8 million, a very low cap hit, there's no harm in bringing Juju Smith-Schuster back. Let's go to the lines at 412-928-9370. We have Jerry, who joins us on his cell phone. Good morning, Jerry. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. Thank you. Uh, I hope you don't mind. I was going to ask you about baseball. You can do whatever you want. Is that all right? Well, yeah, I like talking about all sports, sure. I heard you speak of uh, the two number one high picks uh, that, that 
Keeler's or the Fires Mike Draft, mm-hmm. and you spoke of one that pitched yesterday night, and he threw 116 innings. No, 116, 116 pitches. pitches. If he threw 116 innings, he would be amazing. Probably yes. somewhere in traction in one of the hospitals <laughs> in Vanderbilt area. I'm, yes. I'm sorry, of course, 116 pitches, but that that is brings my question. When a young man like that can throw 116 pitches, why is it that the major leagues put people out, especially the Pirates, put people on the mound and they start counting pitches? And somewhere around 80 pitches, they have to pull the guy out, even if he's doing well. That's an awesome question. And, Jerry, I could not agree more. I think it's over-managing. I think it's this, this myth that, oh, we have to be protective of these guys' arms. Guess what? Even if they pitch six innings or four innings, most of them end up with surgery anyway. It's, it is something that I don't agree with. This is, it's become epidemic in baseball. You gotta take guys out to stick to the book to go to your seventh inning guy, and in some cases, sixth inning guy, seventh inning guy, eighth, ninth, all specific roles. I don't like it. And I'm glad you don't either, Jerry. I thank you. Uh... If if you have about one more one more minute, I sure. remember. I don't know if you're old enough to remember this or not, but in 1953 or four, Vernon Law pitched 17 and two thirds innings against Cincinnati. Bob Friend relieved him for one third of an inning. The Pirates won the game in the bottom half. Bob Friend got the win, <laughs> but well, I don't yeah. know how many pitches. Well, must have thrown 200 pitches or something like that. Well, I mean, times have changed, and certainly I don't expect to see that. But what I do expect to see, guys who are big-time pitchers, uh, and you're right, Kumar Rocker and Vanderbilt, they've not been shy about putting them out there over 100 pitches routinely. Last night, 116. Um, that, to me, is proof that – now, you, you, as a manager, you can tell, Jerry, if a, if a, is a, if a pitcher is struggling. If he doesn't have it that night, if his – you know, that's different. But if you're cruising along, some of these decisions are made regardless of the performance by the starting pitcher. And that's what I don't like about it at all. But I thank you for the call, Jerry. Appreciate that. And hope you have a nice day. Let's go to Steve, who joined us on The Cell. What's up, Steve? How are you? Good morning, Bob. I got a couple of uh, quick comments about the Juju and Nelson thing. Then I got a couple of questions maybe you can clear up. I uh, I heard the, the, the guys in the afternoon yesterday and you know, the debate on whether that we should do this or not. I kind of look at it, and I'm just assuming that the Nelson and Juju uh, moves are, are connected and related, and I'm, I'm not so sure that they are. But to me, yeah, we need defense. But if you're saying who's the better football player, and this is just my opinion, I think it's Juju Smith-Schuster. I think Juju Smith-Schuster probably has more impact on a, on a, on a game-to-game basis than Nelson. Uh so, I, yeah, I'm surprised, but I like the move. We got a bargain. My question to you, two parts. Is this Nelson move related to the uh, signing Juju? And what do you think we might get in a trade for him? Because I don't think anything more than a fourth-rounder. Guy's, guy's only got one year left on his contract. Well, there you go, Steve. That could be the reason that they decided to move away from Nelson, because they may not have wanted to gotten into a longer-term, you know, if you're going to keep him around, you want to deal with him now, long-term deal or at least longer. They may not have wanted that. Who knows? 
His performance was not as good in the second half of 2020 as it was in the first half, and it certainly wasn't as good as it was in 2019. But having said that, I thought he was a better option than Joe Hayden, just because Hayden's up there in age, and he has four years on him. Are they connected? It seems like they are. I don't know for sure if they are, but they have to create sort of uh, cap room. And again, if they believe that Nelson was not worth signing longer term, then this deal was going to happen at some point. They just speeded it up and did it now. But i, I got to believe they're connected because they're, it's too similar in numbers in terms of what they have. Now, what they can get, you say fourth round, Steve? I'd be shocked if they got a sixth round pick. So, you know, I don't know. Um, we'll find out. If not, they're going to release him. I'd like to get something if I'm them, uh, you know, because I think it's important that you <laughs> get some pick. Now, what's the shot of a sixth or seventh round pick? Developing? Well, there have been really good examples of that that have happened. It's, it's a long shot against but the Steelers with Vince Williams, who was a sixth-round pick. they got a guy who almost had 22 career tackles, ton of tackles, or 22 career sacks, ton of tackles for losses, uh, and a guy who was one of the better sixth-round picks, not named Antonio Brown in this organization. So the bottom line is they want to get a draft pick if they can. We'll find out what happens in the weeks ahead. All right, welcome back as we continue live here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Bob Pompiani with you until 1 o'clock today. Be sure to join us every night for the Ireland Contracting Nightly Sports Call, Pittsburgh CW. And that is seven nights a week, 10.35 start time. And then on Sunday night, we have the number one Cochrane Sports Showdown. And every week, it's a good round of sound with our panelists. And this week will be no exception. We have Chris Adamski from the Trib. We have Andrew Filipponi and Colin Dunlap from the Fan. That's 11.35 start time on KDK, although tomorrow may be pushed back a little bit because of basketball. And this NCAA basketball report is brought to you by Yingling Traditional Lager. Spread your wings. Again, big upsets yesterday in Big Ten. Rutgers did advance, and they beat Clemson. However, Ohio State ousted by Oral Roberts. Purdue ousted by North Texas State. So you got to watch out. And, you know, West Virginia had to avoid that, and they had struggles early on, but then they uh, used their talent advantage to beat uh, Moorhead State last night, 84-67. 900 wins for Bob Huggins. It took him a while because he had three opportunities at the end of the regular season, and he finally got it. And so it will be West Virginia-Syracuse. That's coming up next. I have 5.15 on Sunday. You'll see that one on KDKA-TV. I want to thank our sponsors, brought to you by PNC Bank. Make today the day. And check out their new virtual wallet at PNC Bank. It'll make your life so much easier. Trust me on that. Ireland Contracting. Visit IrelandContracting.com. And ride in style with number one Cochran. Go one better. I want to remind you also experience March like never before because fans are welcome to catch all the first-round games today at FanDuel Sportsbook Inside Live. Casino Pittsburgh. It's going to become your new home for college hoops all tournament long. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of Radio.com and 93.7 The Fan, 21 and over, and present in Pennsylvania. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And one other thing, the Wet Go Pro in Pine Township has the deal for you. Free car washes today. Yeah, free. You heard me right. Stop out to the Wet Go Pro located on 140 Town Center Drive in Wexford. To shine up your ride. Information at 937thefan.com. All right, I promised some um, Twitter responses and got a lot of them about various topics here. So I want to start with Big Earn, who hits me up at KD Pomp. He says, Why do they keep Schuster? It's confusing. They need so much in other areas. I would have used that money at corner and center. 
But here's the thing, Big Earn, they it really didn't cost them all that much money. Uh, again, this is all about cap space more than anything else. The, the, the upfront cash, they get the cash. This is an eight-year or an eight million dollar one-year deal. Seven million was already given to Juju. He got a check yesterday for seven million dollars once he signed, and it's only the rest of it is spread out, so the cap hit is very minimal. They still have, I think, if I calculated this right, about eight million or nine million under the cap to spend, and they will spend it on other things that become available to them, probably at lesser picks. So that's something to uh, to remember. Uh, the cap hit, not necessarily the number of millions the guy gets right now, is the issue. Dennis Collins says uh, at KD Pomp, please exp- explain compensatory draft picks in the NFL, how they're awarded. Well, that's first of all, that is a complicated process. Uh, I don't even know how that works, and I think most people who follow this game don't know how that works. But what it means is when you lose somebody uh, who signs with another team, you're eligible for compensation. Now, this past year, the Steelers were hoping for two. They only got one. It was a fourth-round pick, and that was for Javon Hargrave, who signed with the Eagles, you might remember. <clears throat> well, this year, they should get three, you would think, or next year, three more, I would think, because Dupree's going to give him a compensatory pick. Uh, Vince Williams, he was released. That won't, but Hilton signs elsewhere. It's about guys who sign and leave your organization. Uh, Tyson Alawalu, they're going to get a couple picks next year. At least you would think they would. And that's how the now the actual way of converting it and try to figure out nobody knows. Even the smartest math people I know don't <laughs> understand how compensatory picks are drawn up. But the Steelers should get more next year. Four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy, and they were probably going to get even more if Juju Smith-Schuster had signed elsewhere, which he was offered from Kansas City and Baltimore and chose not to take those deals. You wonder why. I'd like to hear your thoughts about why you think he didn't take those deals. Maybe if he went to Kansas City. You know, you get to play with Patrick Mahomes, no doubt, but they have a lot of targets there. They have guys who are already entrenched in wide receiver roles, starting with Tyreek Hill, uh, Travis Kelsey. They have uh, other guys who, you know, may make it difficult for him to get his catches. You can argue the same thing here in Pittsburgh. You know, again, with an improving Deontay Johnson, with an improving Chase Claypool, how much activity will Juju Smith-Schuster get? And I think this offense will change a little bit from what we saw last year. Matt Canada now in charge. I mean, he, he was one of those guys who got most of his yardage, Juju Smith-Schuster, in the act yard department. It was really quick hitters. Now, I give him credit. He was a physical receiver. He was a guy who got, you know, third down conversions, and he was not afraid to stick his nose in there. He had a good year, a really good year. He didn't have a great year. Now, whether or not his, he and his agent were thinking they were going to get the kind of deal that some of these other guys got, the market came back to earth a little bit, too. Nobody was going to get the $16 million average salary, um, and he didn't get what he thought was uh, you know, probably worth it long term. So he ends up coming back to the Steelers, which did not, trust me, Juju Smith-Schuster had thought he was going to be out of here. He was tweeting about Miami. He was tweeting about this, telling teammates he wasn't. And all of a sudden now that's changed. It's changed because I think he miscalculated. And that's fine. The Steelers said, fine, for $8 million, we could figure this out, and we can make it happen for you. And it, for one year, it is a no-brainer for the Steelers to bring him back. It really isn't. Uh, what I would demand is no more, and he stopped doing this last year, which is ridiculous. He's TikTok dancing on logos. You just invite problems when you do that. And quite frankly, he can do whatever he wants. I think people who criticize him for his platform, so to speak. You know what? That's how it is today. There's no turning back. 
Most everyone on Twitter has a platform. Those who criticize him have a platform. They're using it to get hits. This is the way it is today. I don't mind him doing all of that. What I do mind is dancing on logos and doing stuff that I think is not in the best interest of the team. What I do mind is if you're really looking to leave the Steelers, before you do, you better make sure the Dolphins don't sign you, even though you're wearing a Dolphin jersey. So those are the things he can control and should control. Moving forward, we'll see if it happens. But as far as a player, he's a very good player. Nobody can deny that. Let's go to Greg in Johnstown, who joins us on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Hey, Greg. Hey, Bob. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good, good. About Juju, let me make an analogy. Just say you. You're working for this company, right? And you get offered a job in Cleveland or Philadelphia, and they give you just a little bit more money. But you like your boss and all the surroundings. Would you leave? No, but he, he, the thing about him is that he made it pretty clear he was leaving. And, again, well, the only conclusion you can make, Greg, is that he miscalculated his own value. Well, he thought he was going to make double the amount of money. But if you're making the same amount of money, basically, Mike Tomlin is the easiest coach to play for in the league. He gets along with all his players. You know, like with Dupree, he's going to Tennessee. Next year, Vrabel could be fired. You know what I mean? So these guys just don't know how good they have it in Pittsburgh. I mean, Tomlin's going to be here for so, another five or ten years. The Roonies aren't doing it. You know, they, they keep consistent. Go to another one of these organizations that changes coaches like halfway through the season. That's the problem. You can make all the money in the world, but then you work for these organizations that are just idiots, and then you're like, why did I sign for all this money? Because I can't stand playing for this team, you know? No, I, I, listen, I get I, I think the Steelers – run a very good organization. They ha The problem with what they've done, and thanks, Greg, for the call, is that they kicked money down the road. They had opportunities in the postseason. The problem wasn't how they went about their business in creating this opportunities that they've had. They haven't cashed in enough. It's as simple as that. When you get to the postseason and you have home games against Jacksonville and when you have home games against Cleveland in the playoffs, they basically crap the bed in those games. And that, that's inexcusable. That's what you set up to get. That's where the problem lies. It wasn't so much how they did their business. Now, I will tell you this also, though. There's no question that this is all about money. And I don't deprive anyone money. Bud Dupree went to the highest bidder. He's earned that right. He worked himself into this. Not too long ago, many people were calling this show and others and saying, he's not worth it. Don't even give him a fifth-year option. They worked with him. He developed here. He became, and T.J. Watt had a lot to do with it. You know, there's no question. But he still took advantage of whatever opportunity he was given, and he turned himself into this, which is an $82 million player. Good for him. That's how the system works. They couldn't afford to do that. 412-928-9370. Um, Steve on the cell, hang on. I'm going to get to you. We have to do a quick break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.